0: well good afternoon everyone the h1b guy here and today the h1b guy live november 9th 2022 today i'll discuss h1b layoffs continue and a question around expanding the h1b program but before we get started i'd like to ask you if you haven't already to please subscribe to the h1b guy channel here on youtube And like this video so that i can continue to produce more content like this for you i also wanted to mention the h1b guy offers a variety of consulting services i help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits if i can help you please reach out i'd love to hear how and you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com today's live stream is brought to you by Sendesis and Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain, by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys, navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process, and by Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance our partner MobSquad has a solution, join the squad. Well, it seems like over the last several months, we continue to hear about these waves of layoffs from FinTech and tech startup all the way to big tech. And over the last week, uh, with a lot of the news that's been breaking uh, from the massive layoffs that that have gone on at Twitter, um, the hiring freeze and potential layoffs with Meta, uh, Salesforce announcing large reductions in force, Lyft, Stripe, you know, the common theme here is is big tech um, companies that that really expanded a lot um, towards the end of 2020 and through 2021. And now what we're seeing is um, an emphasis on profitability and, and reducing workforce, right? Uh, workforce meaning uh, employees and employee salaries are the absolute largest expense for most organizations. And so when we start to look into this and, and what that means, you know, big tech specifically, our Twitters and our, our Meta's, right, um, that have done a lot of perm labor. A lot of green card sponsorship. Uh, and what that means when we talk about uh, adjustments of status, filing i four eighty fives. you have to answer a question as as part of that. has, has um, uh, through kind of the perm labor certification, you have to answer has has anyone been been laid off um, in a similar role? Have, have, has your company experienced or 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 had any layoffs? Uh, So this brings into question what what that means going forward. And um, last H-1B Guy Live that I had, which was on October the 26th, um, I covered a a Dear Sophie uh, blog post on TechCrunch and and on uh, Alcorn Immigration Law's website um, that was titled, uh, how can I protect my H1B and green card if I'm laid off? And can my startup hire laid off people on H1B? Um, just yesterday, uh, a new Dear Sophie was put out and it was titled, How Can I Stay in the US if I've Been Laid Off? Um, and there's a link in the, the video description below. And some of the highlights that I picked up, and, and I've talked about some of this last week and I think, or, or a few weeks ago, and I think it's good. Just to revisit this because again we talk about all the time the purpose of the hwe guy channels to help keep you informed so that you can make the best decisions uh, for you and your career and your family right your livelihood Uh, so the blog post starts off by saying um quote when individuals who need visa sponsorship gate get laid off uh, we often hear their highest priority is to maintain their ability to stay in the united states beyond the 60-day grace period especially if they own a home, have a spouse, or have dependent kids in school. Uh, So what they need to do if they can't get a job that offers visa sponsorship within the 60-day grace period, or how can they finally follow their heart to explore their own startup business? Uh, The answer is going to say, if a company is not willing to sponsor you, move on. Ideally, you should accept a job offer no more than 45 days into your 60-day grace period. Unless you've applied for another fallback status because it can take several weeks to prepare and file the H-1B transfer. She also goes on to recommend finding find out if you qualify for O-1A. Uh, and says many individuals on H-1B, Visa, and Silicon Valley and beyond are surprised when we tell them they already qualify for O-1A. The added benefit of the O-1A is that it serves as a stepping stone to qualifying for the EB-1A Extraordinary Ability Green Card, which is currently available. Uh, we've talked about this 60-day grace period a lot. Um, I, I've mentioned, you know, what I call the, the the evidence. You have to be able to provide the pay stub um, that shows that you've been paid within the last 60 days before filing. Uh, I do like this 45-day window, so calculating kind of the date um, of your last pay stub uh, would be how I would calculate it. Others may calculate it differently. Um, but really what, what this is implying to me is because of um, the extensive layoffs that are happening, uh, specifically even H-1Bs being impacted here, it's creating this sort of domino effect now um, uh, across the board. And I will tell you that that in the staffing world, what we're seeing right now um, is a significant increase in, in job applicants, applications happening on job postings. Um, a lot of them are which are C2C based or, or H1B based. Um, but just across the board, we've, we've definitely seen a pretty significant increase um, in, in overall job applications from if we go back and look at the beginning of, of 2022 to where we are in the last quarter. Uh, of the calendar year of, of 2022, we've, we've definitely seen a significant increase in job applications. So that tells me that more people are looking for work uh, and more people have gone through either cutbacks or experienced layoffs. It also tells me that some people maybe chase a job uh, for more money that isn't necessarily the best fit for them. And so this happens when we look at um, kind of all the movement that's happened. Demand still remains very high in, in tech. But there's some interesting data that I'll share with you in a little bit um, that, that I think shows that we're seeing um, a little bit of, of a turn uh, in overall staffing demand. And that turn is that we're seeing um, less demand in, in full-time employment, perm employment, and more demand picking up in, in contingency staffing, and contingency labor. Um, and so this is what happens when you start to look at at kind of uh, the overspending that's happened in talent acquisition, the significant increases in compensation that have happened, not only for PERM employees, but H-1B employees as well. Um, but last on the uh, during the H-1B Live on October twenty sixth, I talked about the concurrent H-1B. I still think that's a great option. Um, it doesn't necessarily work if you've been laid off, but having a concurrent H one B where you can work as a part time and potentially have a fallback does give you some redundancy here. And and I think that that this would be a uh, a really good situation um, uh, as you kind of move forward here to to look into that. If, if you have an opportunity to to, to consider a concurrent H, uh, again, highly advise that as an an alternate method. Um, I, Did want to mention, if you have questions or comments, please feel free to drop those in the chat. Um, I definitely will get to those towards uh, the end of today's live stream. Um, If you're looking for ways you can support the H1B guy, uh, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function during the live stream. Uh, If you're watching or listening to this at a later date, you can do so through the Super Thanks, as well as there are other options to help produce um, the H1B guy platform in the video description below. Uh, I did also want to mention that um, through all of this, uh, Alcorn immigration law is really taking a, a, a significant interest um, in, in helping those that are impacted. Um, they're, they're being very proactive in their approach. Uh, so next Friday um, on November the 18th, uh, Sophie is going to be doing a live webinar. Uh, discussing all you need to know to maintain your immigration status during these very difficult times. Um, there is a link in the video description below that you can register for this webinar, um, or if you're on the H1BGuy.com, you can check out today's uh, live stream blog post, um, and there's a hyperlink where you can register to the webinar. Um, you can also, uh, if you're looking to extend, as I mentioned earlier from the the, the dear Sophie, if you're looking to extend uh, your time in the U.S. beyond your 60-day grace period by filing a, a change of status from H-1B to another category. So another category meaning a visitor visa, um, a dependent visa, or you know as alluded to potentially even considering an O. Um, having those other options. Um, uh, as well as if you are have an employer who maybe is looking to transfer your H-1B visa but doesn't have legal representation, um, they are on H-1B Change of Employers. Uh, there is a discount that the Alcorn Immigration Law Firm is currently offering uh, for H-1B Change of Employers. And again, there's a link in the video description below. There's a form that you need to fill out, and and someone from Alcorn Immigration Law will be in touch. I I do want to be very clear on this. Um, I'm not receiving any compensation or monetization for these referrals. Um. This is merely me just trying to help out. I know I've had a handful of you reach out to me, letting uh, me know that you've been impacted by these layoffs and trying to understand what your options are. Um, again, I'm not an immigration attorney. I'm merely an employment based work authorization expert for staffing and recruiting. And so this is where I always have had a partner in uh, the legal side of things, having an immigration attorney Um, and Alcorn Immigration Law is a firm that I've worked with and partnered with uh, for for a significant period of time now and uh, one that I trust and and put my name behind in terms of recommending you to their practice. Uh, But if you're interested in that live webinar, again, that's going to be next Friday. Um, at uh, 11 p.m pacific 11 or excuse me 11 a.m pacific and 2 p.m eastern uh links to to join that and Of course, uh, if you need to file a change of status or even potentially consider an H-1B change of employer and need legal representation uh, for your prospective employer, there's a link uh, to use a form um, that will provide your employer a $1,000 discount on the legal fees. And that's a significant, uh, significant offering Um, and kudos to the Alcorn Immigration Law Firm for really being very proactive for Sophie getting this blog post out. I'm um, doing this webinar next week and, uh, you know, really allowing me an opportunity to help provide some solutions to uh, many of you who may be caught in this uh, uh, th- these this wave of layoffs that's, that's currently going on. Which leads me into last week I saw a post on LinkedIn um, and it talked about occupations with the largest decline in job postings. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about how job postings have uh, a job job posting applications are significantly increasing right now. Uh, but from December 31st of 2021 to October uh, uh, 31st of 2022, uh, so roughly 10 months, um, there's been a 29 percent decrease in software development job postings. I think that's significant, a 29% decrease in software development job postings. Now, application development, still one of the most difficult spaces to recruit in. Uh, software developers, software engineers as a whole, uh, very difficult to, to recruit um, unless they are actively looking. Uh, The other thing that caught my eye here was there was a 26% decrease in mathematics and a 20% decrease in scientific research and development. So while for most of 2021 and a lot of 2022, we saw this very aggressive hiring and employment expansion, Um, we saw job postings at historic highs, uh, and now we're seeing a, a little bit of a correction uh, in in that, and so I think that this data is very interesting to look at for sure. Um, to me, it, it provides some some significant intelligence um, into uh, to what's currently going on. Um, last this this uh, this past Monday, uh, November the seventh, there was um, a a discussion, a panel discussion that was moderated by the Wall Street Journal uh, that included some immigration experts, David Beer, Ron Hira, um, and Teresa Cardinal Brown. And and I thought um, the piece, the interview was interesting. I I thought the piece that that the Wall Street Journal put out was interesting. Uh, But the question that was posed was around expanding the H-1B program. And, And I think if we look at overall talent demand that's been going on in technology and we look at the H1B lottery demand let's take out duplicate registrations um but if we look at the overall H1B lottery demand in the last 3 years 275,000 uh 300,000 plus and then 483,000 plus um you know 30% Odds of selection, 27, 26% odds of selection um, over the last couple of years. And I'm not surprised to see this question uh, being brought up. I've talked about, you know, sort of my opinion on this, which was to say, you know, I I think that there needs to be significant reform before we expand the program, primarily in the way um, employment-based green cards work. I've talked about that a good bit, um, you know, removing quotas on country caps, uh, having a mechanism in place to clear the current green card backlog before we look at expanding the, the program that as is. What's interesting about the three panelists they had is you have really um, kind of an open borders, very pro-immigration. Um, you have more of a closed borders, uh, extraordinary ability, uh, proponent and then you have um, you have a panelist kind of in the middle. Uh, so it was interesting to read the dynamics that that occurred through that. But the one thing that that I took away from it is that the current system as is um, needs needs attention. And we've talked about that a good bit, the possibility of H-1B reform. And, you know, there's been all of these different uh, the pieces of legislation that have been put out there over the last couple of years. Uh, but really, you know, ultimately um, the the far left, the far right, the pro-immigration, the anti-immigration, everyone agrees that that some reform uh, needs to take place surrounding the H-1B program as is. And, and I think that many of you who are living uh, and working under an H-1B visa here in the U.S. would probably agree with that, the restrictive nature of it. Um, but the one thing I continue to disagree with, in the and the anti H-1B um, uh, faction is is that it's undercutting American workers. Uh, again, I, I I give data all the time that says the average H-1B employee makes uh, over a hundred thousand dollars annually. Uh, so that's not undercutting American workers and wages. Companies are always going to look for ways to cut costs, whether that's employers, or, or employee employees, or some other way. Um, understand that that profitability is, is king in any business, right? Uh, so I, I think this question around expanding the H-1B program, if you were to ask me, how, what's my stance on it right now? My stance is the program needs reform before it needs expansion. And there are bigger root causes at play, specifically in employment-based green cards, Um, the overall annual quota and the caps, the 7% caps on country of birth. Um, I think that those issues need to be addressed first before we look at expanding the program. Now, I have mentioned in the past that I do see a scenario where expanding the advanced degree exemption category, a U.S. master's or higher category, right, which is currently 20,000 um, expanding that to be equal to uh, international degrees, that's 65,000. So now you're talking about 130,000 um, annually. I foresee where this could be a path that that is decided to go down, which is expanding um, the advanced degree exemption category for H-1B specifically. Uh, again, we're talking about U.S. educated. Um, many of which go under an OPT, OPT EAD STEM, and have uh, anywhere between uh, one to three lottery attempts. Um, And it's because they're competing in that 20,000 space. And so I can see a scenario where we may see some expansion in the advanced degree category, but for right now, um, you know, I'm I'm not sure uh, if if anything's really going to happen as it as it relates to H-1B uh, reform. Um, in a matter of, I think five six days, uh, Congress will reconvene and have you know a very small window of time between now and the end of the year. Um, you know, midterm elections were just held here yesterday in in the U.S. Uh, there are a few um seats that it sounds like may be going to run off uh including um the senate seat here in georgia state where i live um so a lot really is is taking place here um over the last uh last 24 hours and and i think you're going to see um you know coming up really it's all going to be about the the budget right um and 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 how they go about approving the, the the budget as we move into 2023. I think that'll be at, at the forefront. Um, I'm not hopeful that we'll see any type of, uh, of immigration reform um, between now and, and, and the end of the year. Uh, I've talked about it a good bit. You know, I covered the, the, the Rep. Zolofgren interview um, that was on where she talked about uh, you know really she expects it to uh, to find its way um, onto the the house floor for debate but I guess that's all still to be determined um, sometime over the next uh, next several weeks coming up but one of the things that I thought was really interesting about uh, the the panel discussion and the Wall Street Journal article was uh, this notion of, of merit-based immigration and for any of you who've kept up with this channel for any amount of time um, you will know that on august 20th of 2020 i put out a post called the h1b guy researches uh, merit-based immigration or skills based immigration point system um, and there's a link in the video description below if you want to check that out, if, if you haven't seen that before. And then also on August 24th of 2020, I posted content called the H-1B Guy Reports, uh, leaving the H-1B life in the U.S. for a merit-based immigration in Australia. And in that piece I talk about why my good friend decided to leave the US after 12 years of living working and building wealth here in the US for a merit based immigration system in Australia. Uh, So that's way back in the archives of the h1b guy channel. Um, Please check those out uh, on YouTube. If you haven't already, they're still extremely relevant. Um, I think some sort of points based system um, that rewards degree skill uh, command of the English language, um, uh, wage, right? Those, those to me um, are really where I would love to see this go, but I think a lot of that right now is, is, are, are really pipe dreams. Um, and I saw earlier some chatter around uh, this coming up session being like a lame duck session, um, and that if something were not to happen for immigration during this session that they they did not expect um, there to be significant reform uh, surrounding immigration and until after the twenty twenty four election, uh, which is pretty crazy to think that, you know, two more years of of a lot of the same. Uh, and what's interesting about that is. Uh, in 2020 and 2021, when I was uh, covering my expectation of the Biden administration and I talked about it being a lot of the same um, and and a lot of people disagreed with with my opinion on that. But I think we very clearly seen behavior that showed you a lot of the same. So um, if you have questions or comments, please feel free to drop those in the chat. I definitely want to take a few minutes to get to those here this afternoon. Um, I, I also wanted to mention uh, if you're looking for ways to support the H1B Guy platform, you can currently do so through the super chat function here on YouTube. Uh, or if you're watching or listening to this at a later date, you can do so uh, through the super thanks. Um, but would I like to ask you if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel. Uh, click the bell for notifications and, and please like this video uh, so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. Um, I did want to mention I saw on a comment um, and, and I haven't had a chance to respond back to that. And, and I do apologize. I've been really terrible lately about responding to comments on my videos. Um, just not enough time in the day, unfortunately, and I don't have a great excuse. I just um, have, have completely neglected that. But somebody left me a comment, I believe, in the last few days that said um, they've – followed and watched my content for a significant period of time and uh, recently received their green card in in EB3. And um, man, I just wanted to say congratulations and uh, thank you for your your ongoing support. I really appreciate it. Uh, I love to hear those kind of stories. Um, I hate the stories that I've heard from many of you over the last week about being impacted by these layoffs and reaching out and wondering what what your options are. Uh, So that's why I wanted to spend some time today talking about Uh, what's been going on with Alcorn Immigration Law and some of the offerings that that they're currently putting out there. Uh, But if you have questions or comments, I'm going to go ahead and pull one up that I have right now. From Rajiv. Hey, Rajiv, how are you? Uh, Your case is in Nebraska office um, in December. Visa Bulletin, if my priority date will come then how long will I need to wait for your GC? And you said interview with local office, mandatory for all NBC files. Um, I do believe they're still requiring interviews. Um, I'm not sure if it's definitely based on local office. I believe you still have to set those up. but if your case is with Nebraska and you're, you're assuming that you're, you're going to be current for December, um, I know Nebraska has been painfully slow. I was actually looking at this data the other day, and I've covered this a good bit. Um, some of the processing times, which are pretty crazy uh, when you you check some of the processing times out there that that USCIS is listing. But for I-485 in Nebraska, let's see if we can find it here. Is showing 21 and a half months currently um i saw texas the or what's known as the src uh texas was like 48 months it's pretty crazy um to th- see how how painfully behind they they currently are um but I don't know if I answered your question. I believe that local office interviews are still mandatory. Um, But how long will you need to wait, you know, based on current processing time? But I'd say you're looking at probably close to November, November, probably like August of 24 sounds crazy when you say it like that but yeah roughly August of 24 uh, VSS any chance of priority date for March 2014 becoming current uh, for EB2 in, in this fiscal year um, I don't think so. I don't I don't see dates getting out of 2012 for the foreseeable future. Now, the interesting thing is I thought the Visa Bulletin would have already been out by now. Um, it might release later this afternoon, but here we are on November the 9th, and and this is the latest that they've released the Visa Bulletin in the last four, maybe five months. Um, so that leads me to believe one of two things. Either there is going to be some movement in some of the categories or that uh, there's going to be a final action date established for EB2 and EB3 for uh, all chargeability for the rest of the world. Uh, and if that's the case and everything else holds, well, wow, we are in for some interesting times over the next several months. Um, but no, unfortunately, I, I just I don't see right now and I could be wrong, but I don't see how. Through the rest of this year, how we're going to get all the way through what's remaining from April 2012 to December 2012, and then through all of 2013. And, you know, you may be going, well, gosh, we ended fiscal year uh, 2022 at December 2014, um, which is crazy, right? Uh, (laughs) but that the retrogression that happened was almost nearly three years and uh, i I think to me that's the the piece of it that that's really really crazy is you look at 40,000 uh, applications for roughly 4, thousand plus spots uh for for this year and I just I don't see a lot of hope and forward movement unless some sort of reprieve or relief happens. Um, but good question. Um, if you have any other questions or comments, please post those in the chat. I definitely have a few more minutes here this afternoon um, to to answer any of your questions or comments that you have. Um, I did want to mention that, you know, a lot of you are already starting to ask about uh, the H-1B lottery for next year and, and what that's going to look like. Uh, look for more from me on that. Uh, through uh, the end of this year and really a lot of coverage on that starting in January of 2023. Um, I definitely plan to, to cover that more at length starting at towards the, the, the beginning of the year. Um, but if you have any yeah. other questions or comments, please feel free to drop those in the chat. Would love to, uh, to answer those. Uh, for those of you who have joined me this afternoon, I wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, to jump on on this live stream. Um, I know I pushed it out a little bit late today, but uh, Canva was down. <laughs> um, I use Canva because I have very novice uh, graphic design skills. Um, I use Canva to create thumbnails and, um, and art for uh, for the social media platform posts that, that I put out. Uh, but it was down until roughly about 12.45 p.m. Eastern today um, when I was trying to uh, to get my art working. And, and I, I don't use any other websites or, or tools, but um, kudos to them for, for getting it back up and running. Um, but since I don't see any other questions or comments, I did want to mention one last time um, that on Friday... Uh, November the 18th at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, Sophie Alcorn from Alcorn Immigration Law um, will be hosting a webinar discussing all you need to know to maintain your immigration status during these very difficult times. Um, so there's a link to register in the video description below. Um, I've had the opportunity to join Sophie on her podcast Uh, For those of you who have checked that out, you can check that out on our YouTube channel or also on her blog or her podcast. Please give that a listen. Um, They are offering a significant discount to employers who are filing an H-1B transfer. Uh, So if you are interested in um, finding out more about that, there's also a form um that you can use to uh to 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 go ahead and register and someone from alcorn immigration will be in touch uh again that the links to do that are in the video description below as well um but with that being said since i don't have any other questions or comments seems like a little quiet this afternoon which is absolutely okay Um, i'm not sure when i will be back with another live stream maybe next wednesday um but uh, just wanted to thank all of you who have, uh, who have taken time to join me here this afternoon. Um, today's live stream was brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Syndesis and Path to Canada are your answers. They'll gladly help you navigate the process. And if you'd like to find out if you qualify, please be sure to use the link in the video description below and someone from SEDESIS or PATH to Canada will be in touch. And by perm the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys, navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your cost and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let perm help you. And by Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner MobSquad has a solution. MobSquad helps technology professionals facing U.S. work visa-related uncertainty remain working with our current U.S. company nearshore from Canada, as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking an opportunity to find a rewarding career in North America. Through their partnership with the Canadian government, they can obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as eight weeks. So whether you're looking to stay working with your current U.S. company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada, please find out how the team at MobSquad can help you via the link in the video description below. Join the squad. Well, just wanted to ask you one last time. uh, Please like this video and make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube. Uh, Click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel or go live. Uh, like we did here today on wednesday november 9th a little after 3 p.m eastern Uh, for those of you who join me and have made it this far i just want to say thank you for taking the time to watch my video and join my live stream i really appreciate your support please uh, connect with me on linkedin follow me on twitter facebook instagram join my telegram group the h1b guy telegram group Go to the h1bguy.com. There is a significant backlog of posts that I've put out over the last two years, uh, including the two that I mentioned here today, um, and that is the H1B Guy uh, Researches, um, uh, Merit-Based Immigration System or Skills-Based Immigration Point System, as well as the H1B Guy Reports, leaving the H1B Guy up. excuse me, the H-1B guy reports leaving the H-1B life uh, in the U.S. for a merit-based immigration in Australia. Again, links to both of those videos in the description below as well. But thank you so much for your continued support. Again, if I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. I'm Robert. I'm the H-1B guy, your global source for all things H-1B.